In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for the Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It's the Movie Zone. Jazz, Clippers, what a series thus far, Johnny Lightfoot. Oh, boy, buddy. Drama on and off the floor. Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, if you thought the Clippers were just going to sink away after games one and two, you were wrong. And if you thought the Jazz were going to just roll through games three and four, you were wrong. And then game five. Yeah. Unbelievable this series so far. Stay tuned for game six. It's probably the most exciting series right now in the playoffs. Yeah. Come on. You know that's true. Um, I think there was some air taken out of the sails with all the Kawhi Leonard news. And yes, there was some. And also there was some. The Bucks and Nets is pretty good. Yeah, They're but there's playing, some airs uh, taken. Right now, I think so. There, there's some, you know, there's some wind taken out of their sails, too, with the uh, Kyrie and uh, Harden outage. Yeah, but then Durant did what he did. In, of course. In game whatever that was. Right. Three, four, five. But it's Durant. Five. I mean, come on. Yep. So the, the NBA, villain of the NBA. The NBA playoffs <laughs> are fun. They're dramatic. They're exciting. But we're not here to talk about that now, are we? No, we're here to talk about movies. And we've got, I think, a sneaky good movie this week. The original was very sneaky and very good in its okay. se- sneakiness and in its goodness. I, think I don't you know. Are about underestimating the, my sneakiness. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about the sequel. I have uh, my doubts, but I also have my hopes. So we'll we'll talk about that. We've got a poll question involving one of the actors in the film. We'll get to. We've got Gall. Uh, five other new releases this week to go along with that that one that came out yesterday, and the conclusion to a promotion that uh, Megaplex has been running for a month plus now. All all good stuff. Uh, I'm excited for our From the Archive segment today, yeah. Johnny, because it's a movie I've seen one time. Wow. And I didn't care for it. Really? And when Scott Gerard hears that, he might fire me. He could. It, I, I guess it was, it was similar to, I, fi- I saw Independence Day like 20 years after it came out. Oh, interesting. And all I had heard for 20 right, years how was great how great it was. It was. Uh, so it was, it was overbuilt. And I mean, so, in fairness, when this movie came out, I think you were like two. And I didn't see it for at least 20 right, years. Right, exactly. I saw it in the theater. And I'll get uh-huh. a little more into it. And I'll tell you what, another film, favorite of yours, was released the same day. Well, well, well. So stay tuned for segment three. Segment two, as I mentioned, uh, poll question and soundtrack of the week. But right now, we got to start with this week's results of the Movie Zone Movie Showdown. If you're yeah. not, uh, please get on Twitter. Follow us. I'm at Austin Horton. He's at Johnny Lightfoot one. And we send this out over the weekend days. We aim for <laughs> Sunday, but sometimes we, sometimes it hits Wednesday or yeah, <laughs> right before we uh, do the show Thursday. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it just depends. But Johnny and I take turns alternating weeks, sending out uh, movies to go up against each other. Which is the better movie? And Johnny, it was your turn this week. What did you do and why? Look, I'm kind of how you were feeling last week. I'm feeling that way right now. It's like... Like you never want to do this again? Yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. And it's not because the movie I thought was better didn't win. It's just such a discrepancy. And I, I sit and look at it and go, is it because no one has seen the other one? Or is it really, is my taste in movies that bad? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Right? All right. Well, this week, I put Casino 
up against Goodfellas, both Joe Pesci gangsta movies. Joe Pesci, uh, Bob De Niro. Right. Are in both. They are in both. And uh, Goodfellas with a huge lead, 70% of the vote, and 30% went to Casino. I disagree. Really? You think I Casino's do. better? I think... Uh, I think Goodfellas was more commercially successful, yeah. but as far as a mafia-type movie, I think Casino is a little more real. Yeah, you see Goodfellas replayed more often on the cable networks, and that's why I think most people have seen it. And Yes. A lot of people have seen Casino, but more have seen Goodfellas. Goodfellas, and I, I, I'm not, trust me, I'm not taking it down a notch by saying this, but it's more of a light take on the Goodfellas? mafia. Goodfellas? Yes. Compared to Casino... Absolutely, it is because they make them. They make Henry Hill like a hero of sorts, or what are you talking? about? I don't know about? if they make him a hero of sorts, but it just it doesn't seem. I mean, it, well, it does get down and dirty in some parts. Like, you know I what? Call him Henry Hill. Scratch that. Isn't that the music? Henry man? Henry Hill is from uh, uh, Young Guns too. Oh no, yeah, Henry Hill is the is the guy. Yeah, but yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. you. You took my farm, Mister Chisholm. No, that's Ray Liotta plays Henry Hill. Right. What's the guy's name in Music Man now? Something Hill, Professor Boy. Hill. Anyway. Okay. Sure. Keep going. Hank Hank Hill. No, it's not. <laughs> but I think I think Casino is a little darker. And I think that's probably the reason why it doesn't. Harold Harold Hill. That's what I was trying to say is I think Goodfellas is a little lighter side to the movie making film of the mafia movies as where Casino is really dark. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Goodfellas. In fact, maybe that's why you see Goodfellas more on TV. Exactly. It is editable. It's editable. And, uh, you know, it's family friendly when it's on TV. (laughs) It is not that. (laughs) It is not that. I guess it depends on your family. Sure. And how friendly. If but. you're in the Federal Witness Protection Program, <laughs> it's totally family friendly. Uh, I, I Last week, you agreed with the masses yeah. and said that uh, Ferris Bueller is better than planes, trains, and automobiles. I did. This week, I agree with the masses. Goodfellas is better than Casino, but it is like, it's not 70-30. It's like uh, 60-40? 55-45. Okay, you're going even closer. And yeah. I would agree. I, mm-hmm. I think... Both of these movies, and maybe it had something to do with they kind of came out around the same time, some of the same actors playing the same type of roles. Mm. I get it. Like you said, Goodfellas is more on TV than Casino by far. So that's the uh, Movie Zone movie showdown this week. Get on Twitter and see what we cook up this coming weekend and have some fun with us in between shows. All right, uh, let's talk about the new releases, Johnny. We have six new movies out this week. Our friend Larry... (laughs) What's up? I just saw a note Larry put on one of these movies uh-huh. for me, so I just barely saw that. That's uh, funny. Our friend Larry Tassoni uh, of the Megaplex, a film buyer over there, sends us uh, <laughs> the releases and the info attached to each. Now, we're going to start, and this week's focus is is really around a movie that came out yesterday. Yes. Uh, but since we there was a game, a jazz game, we did the movie zone on the traditional Thursday this right. week. And so... The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Ex-college roommates. <laughs> Sorry, Spaceballs reference. Friends, brothers, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. And it, it's Ryan Reynolds. It's Sam Jackson. It's uh, Salma Hayek. It's funny. Antonio Banderas. Well, he's in the new one. He's I'm in the talking new about one. the original. The, and you know, the original was really good. It was sneaky. Because it was. Uh, it, it, in fact, I think it was the second best movie of that summer that it came really? out. Really? Okay. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And at the time, I thought, you know, it's set up to 
maybe have a sequel, but oh, yeah. I'd be fine without one. Let's be honest. Every movie is now set up to be a franchise. That's if it goes that way, it does. It does. But if it doesn't, okay, great. Well, the the Hitman's <laughs> Wife's Bodyguard, uh, rated R, action comedy, again, starring Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Salma Hayek, and Antonio Banderas. Yes. The world's most lethal odd couple. Bodyguard Michael Price, or Bryce, excuse me, and Hitman Darius Kincaid are back on another life-thrilling adventure. Uh, or mission, life-threatening mission. Mission still unlicensed and under scrutiny. Bryce is forced into action by Darius's even more volatile wife, the infamous international con artist Sonia Kincaid. As Bryce is driven over the edge by his two most dangerous protectees, the trio get in over their heads in a global plot and soon find that they are all that stand between Europe and a vengeful and powerful madman. Available in IMAX, D-Box Motion Seated, and Dolby Atmos Sound, the rated R action comedy, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I'm seeing it. Of course. Yeah, I am too. I'm seeing it only because I love the first one. Okay. The first one was so good mm-hmm. that even though uh, you might, like I, have some hesitancy about a sequel yep, we working do. and being good, the hit with the first one was so good, you got to see this one. Yes. Is it kind of like Zombieland in that yes. regard? And and. And I, I'm going to say this, but I was let down with Zombieland 2. Me too. But uh, it was still funny. I thought they did a lot of the same jokes in Zombieland 2 as they did in 1. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they stepped it up a little bit. I feel that they'll probably step this up as well. They'll probably be some of the same jokes. We already have seen some of them in the trailer. Uh, how many times have you tried to kill me? Not enough, <laughs> right? So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see some stuff like that. But the cast alone is worth going and seeing my only if i had to find something negative about this and i love ryan reynolds but for me every movie he does now is deadpool he's deadpool just like uh just like johnny depp after he did pirates every movie was pirates he plays a role so well but that being said i'm still i'm still gonna love seeing this by the way we might be having mr johnny depp on the movie zone soon you're kidding i'm not our guy lee stedman yeah. Who uh, uh, works here at Utah Film Studios. He's a legend in the film location department uh, as a locations manager. He did movies like uh, Dumb and Dumber. Okay. He texted me last week and said he has an in for uh, to possibly get Johnny Depp on the show. Shut up. To talk about a, a local charity that now, he's involved in. Would it be bad form? That was taken from Hook, by the way. Bad form. <laughs> bad form. Would it be bad form to hit Johnny Depp up for a bass player job? You know, he has a band. He does not. He does. What What does he play? Guitar. Does he really? Oh, yeah. He looks like he looks like uh, Jack. Uh, what's his name from Pirates Jack? I'm going to say Jack Skellington, but that's kind of him, Jack but not. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Keith uh, Richard played his, his father in yes. one of the... Yes. Well, he, he dresses kind of like Jack Sparrow, minus mm. the, the dreads and the, uh, the, the pirate hat. And uh, he has a band. They, they played on the Grammys a few years ago. Did they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, you should. You should. You should just uh, say, "Hey, before we get into stuff, I'm I, I'm ready let's to jam. I'm ready to uh, be your bass player." But back to the hitman's wife's bodyguard. I'm nervous. I'm I'm worried about it. Like you said, Zombieland really fell flat in its sequel. I have fears that we've seen the best parts of this movie in the trailer. Yeah, but I am going to see it because the first one was that good. The first one was that good. And my only other fear is that sometimes movie houses, the movie houses put uh deleted scenes in the trailer and then don't show them in the movie which gets people laughing at the trailer i hope that is not the case i really want to see this 
be a great movie. Me too, Johnny. Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm not confident, but it should be a fun night at the movies anyway. Either way, as you just said, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a nice night out to the movies. All right, that brings us to our poll question of the week. Hop on Twitter and answer it at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One, at Zone Sports Net. What is your favorite Samuel L. Jackson role and/or movie? Man, there's so many. It's a tough one, right? It's a tough one. It's a tough one this week. So let us know. He's been in everything. Uh, I'll even accept Capital One commercials if you like those. And don't say The Matrix. He's not Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and trust me, Sam Jackson, if you call him that, he will let you know he yeah. is not him. In very comedic fashion. It's hilarious. Yes. All right. Uh, let's move along with the new releases this week. Johnny, tell us about 12 Mighty Orphans. 12 Mighty Orphans. You, really, this should be yours, but I'll take it. Why is that? It's a sports thing. It's a rated PG sports. You're not sports. into sports. You're what, in the wrong business. What sports? <laughs> I like Quidditch. No, okay, sorry. Uh, 12 Mighty Orphans, rated PG-13, sports history drama, starring Luke Wilson, Martin Sheen, Wayne Knight, and Robert Duvall. Wow. Based on a true story, 12 Mighty Orphans tells the story of the Mighty Mites, a football team from a Fort Wayne orphanage during the Great Depression. I know this story. These underdogs became an inspiration to an entire nation in need of a rebound, even catching the attention of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, or FDR. <laughs> the architect of their series was Rusty Russell, a legendary high school coach credited with inventing the spread offense. Yeah, he invented, pretty much invented the quarterback. Right. Did uh, Rusty Russell. 12 Mighty Orphans. Uh, it's got names you've heard of. Big names. It's a story you were probably aware of, but didn't know the great details of. I think most people have heard this story, but I think seeing this movie is really going to like, oh, wow, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. I will be honest with you, though. Okay. I watched the trailer twice. Yeah. Because the first time I watched the trailer, I went, oh, what this, it seemed a little low Low end, low, really? low budget, a okay. little uh, small time. Okay. So I watched it again, and I thought the same thing again. Oh, no. It looks like if this were made locally with like a small budget, you'd be like, wow, really good film. But since it's got these huge stars and it's made by, you know, real Hollywood people, you expect a little more. I think that this will be a $5 Tuesday at best. And okay. I'm happy to be wrong if that's the case. Luke Wilson as a inspiring football coach. I hate to tell you this, Luke, but unless you're doing comedy, it doesn't really work well for you. Sorry. Better actor, Luke or Owen? Oh, uh, uh, Owen. By far, right? Yeah. 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 Way, way better. So Better looking, Luke or Owen? Owen. With that nose? Really? You get- I thought you were going to go Luke for sure. Luke, Luke's handsome. They're a handsome duo. They're both good. Uh, But uh, anyway, 12 Mighty Morphins, it might be a surprise. It might uh, make me a fool, make me look dumb, but it doesn't look as good as I think it could have been done. Did you just say 12 Mighty Morphins? No. Okay, are you sure? 12 Mighty Mormons. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Totally different movie. 12 Mighty That's an alien sci-fi movie right there. (laughs) Which one, the Mighty Mormons or Mighty Morphins? The Mighty Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'll give it a $5 Tuesday, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Next up, the Sparks Brothers. And this one really should be yours, Johnny. I know. That's what I'm saying. We should swap these two. A rated R music documentary starring the likes of Beck. Mm. Didn't know he was still with us. 
Yes, he is. Mike Myers. Great musician. <laughs> uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Flea. Yeah. Because he needs a paycheck. He's in everything, though. Jason Schwartzman and Patton Oswalt. Boy, two of these things are not like the others. <laughs> Three of the yeah, wait, 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 wait. Three of these things are not like the others. Well, it does work because the Sparks Brothers were a comedy duo, right? In the music world, right? They are charged with coming up with the idea of pop music, but they were mocking it. Sure, Mock- and then mockumentaries, kind of. I think was a term. Well, well, no, they were. They took. They invented pop music, but they were mocking it. Right. Then pop music producers were like, we could make some money with that That's stuff. That's really cool. Let's go. Give me some power chords and uh, a, a GDAC com- uh, you know, progression, and boom. <laughs> we got money to, to print. And the Sparks Brothers birthed that movement. And it says that they, uh, they are your favorite band's favorite band. Brothers Ron and Russell Mayel. Uh, they've never done a movie. They've never even really done an interview Wow. About their run as the Sparks Brothers. Got to tell you, Johnny, they're weird AF. Okay. Uh, and I think you'll love this movie and I will hate it. I I may. If it was a rock umentary, then I would probably be all over it. But a pop umentary? No, it's it's but it's not a pop documentary. I know, but it is. They it's pop hate music. Pop music. I well, okay, in that case, I'll probably love it. But I'm not a big <laughs> pop fan. I appreciate pop. Neither music. are the Sparks Brothers. That's why they did what they did. Okay, I'm gonna love it. Yeah, you'll love it. All right. So, mm. uh, the Sparks Brothers. I'll pass. Johnny will see it, and I promise Johnny will love it. <laughs> we'll see. Tell us about Gaia. Gaia, and I just want to say, Larry Tassoni, mm-hmm. he's a funny man. <laughs> he uh, he writes these purposely to trip me up. Yeah. He knows that some of these names just throw me off. So at the bottom of this one, I just want to read it says, "This synopsis is Johnny approved. Difficult uh, see there we already screwed it up. <laughs> Degree of difficulty is about as low as possible." Yeah, you left all the cast names off. Yeah, there's no one. cast in it. I love it. <clears throat> all right, this is a, a rated R horror fantasy. An injured forest ranger on a routine mission is saved by two off-the-grid survivalists. What is initially a welcome rescue grows more suspicious as the son and his renegade father reveal a cultish devotion to the forest. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Did you watch the trailer for this? Next. It is horrendous. <laughs> it's icky. It's skin crawling, creepy. Right, like it's just scary. Did you ever see the movie um, Annihilation with Natalie Portman? I did see that. Yes, it's that. It's the same idea. It's the same idea, just made by. Uh, I think they're Dutch. I think this is a Dutch film. I could be wrong about that. That's though. weird. Uh, it's starring Mike Myers. Monique Rockman, Karel Nell, Alex Van Dyke, Anthony Osiemi. Who? Produced by Jake Jacu Bauer, Jean Duplessis. Louis Deprise, <laughs> Wikis Dutois, Tortius Cap. You're making names no. up now. Jory Vandervault is the producer. Nicola Van Niekerk is an executive producer. That sounds like Yolisa Fall. Wow. It sounds like a lot of uh Kateko Mombasa. <laughs> this is your movie, Johnny. It sounds like yeah, a lot of vowels next to each other's in those names. It's a horror film. I'll I'll never see it. It could be good. It won't. Be. It's going to win Best Picture. It won't that. <laughs> All right, next, another documentary, rated PG-13. Rita Moreno, Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It, starring, yes, Rita Moreno, 
Lynn Manuel Miranda, last week's sound of uh, soundtrack of the week. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, nice. Ava Longoria, yep. And Norman Lear. By the way, Morgan Freeman, uh, I think, is also in the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, if I'm not mistaken. Really. Uh, a look at the life and work of Rito, Rita Moreno, from her humble beginnings in Puerto Rico to her success on Broadway and in Hollywood. Uh, she's a legend. She went through it during her career. I'm a sure. A lot of it. Okay. She had she had a a messy go of things. Most of it not her fault. And this documentary will tell it all. So if you're into Broadway and the history of Broadway. You know who Rita Moreno is, and uh, you'll want to see this. Okay, it's got a great cast. I mean, let's let's Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda is, as we discussed last week, a brilliant writer mm-hmm. and musician, rapper. He and, does it all, and he knows the history of Broadway better than anybody. Morgan Freeman, hello. You know, Rita was in like uh, she was in the film Singing in the Rain. Of course. She hasn't just done stage acting. No, no. She's, she's been around a while. She, All right. she won an Academy Award anyway. That brings us to the final new movie, The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2, a rated R comedy action horror. Really? Horror? Yeah. Starring Mike Epps, Cat Williams, Danny Trejo, and Snoop Doggy Dog. Before you read the synopsis, uh-huh. I got to tell you, this might be the worst movie ever made. Ever? Yep. Do you think the period end of contest more than the Medea movies? Yeah, really? I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. Tell us about it. All right. When best-selling Arthur uh, author Carl Black moves his family back to his childhood home, he must team up with the oddball neighbors to do battle with a pimp or who may or may not be an actual vampire. Yeah, it's got everything in it. I'm all about this. It's vampires. Got, it's got race issues. It's got uh, socioeconomic issues. It's got uh, horror. It's got comedy. It's got uh, sexual exploitation and human trafficking. It's got bad neighbor comedy. I'm sure it's got Snoop Dogg in it, which means it will have marijuana stuff <laughs> going on. The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2. I never heard of the first one. I, I did hear the first one. I never saw it. This one, I'm not kidding. You might have to see it. Just so you can say you've seen the worst movie ever. Whoa. Um, I I have a story about that because I, I, I mentioned the Medea movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one year I didn't have my son. And, uh, you didn't have your I son? I did not have yeah. my son. So we decided to like go see- Like he wasn't born yet? No, or? no. He was uh, with his mother. Oh, I got you. Got and uh, we decided to go see the Halloween Medea. <laughs> which one? <sighs> I don't even two know. Two or three, isn't it's it? It's not even worth mentioning which one. Boo! A Medea it, Halloween. Boo, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. And it was so bad <laughs> that uh, we walked out going- I I can't I can't, what did we just do? You're ashamed. What seriously? We need did to you go watch shower. The whole thing? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we need to go shower. We need to douse our eyeballs with Clorox. It was so bad. So if this is worse than that, give me the comet. Yeah. If this is worse than that, it should win an award. It might be a Raspberry Award. It, will be, it should probably win Razzies. We'll cool. See. I like it. Uh, and then also this Friday tomorrow, Fast Friday's promotion is concluding. Uh, with the fate of the furious, yeah. Next week is the release of Fate, uh, Fast and Furious Nine. Would you call it maybe the first blockbuster summer movie? No, we've had we've had that already. Right with Kong. Yeah. With what? Kong. Kong. No. Yeah. Not Kong and uh, Godzilla. No, with uh, In the Heights last week. Okay. 
That's not a summer blockbuster, yeah. action-packed, you know, typical summer They're movie. Crazy. That's people dancing around and singing. There will be a lot of people that go see Fast and Furious 9, but you can see number eight for free at Select Megaplex Theaters tomorrow. Uh, first come, first serve, so get on their website, megaplextheaters.com, find out where and how to be part of it. And then uh, number nine comes out next week. We'll be talking about yeah a, a fun, flawed movie franchise next week well look if you have any like desire to see nine and you haven't seen any of the fast and furious movies eight is the one to see yeah because nine takes pretty much same bad guys they add a little bit more to it but it's kind of a continuation of it a little bit and you can see it for free and there's some really ridiculous stuff in eight that you 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 don't want to be the one person that hasn't seen i believe it's the one with the submarine yeah (laughs) is it yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the one with the submarine. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Uh, you got six new releases, but really the big one, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, starring Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Salma Hayek, and Antonio Banderas, and I swear Morgan Freeman is in it. At some point. He, he could be narrating it. Uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. No, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, yeah, he is in it. Yep, Yeah, he is for sure. All right, uh, so that brings us to our poll question of the week. Coming up on the other side, what's your favorite Samuel L. Jackson roles and or movies? On Twitter, at Austin Horton, at John Lightfoot one We'll also get a soundtrack of the week. And coming up in segment three, a movie I've only seen once, and that's maybe a cardinal sin. It is. In the world of it movie fans. absolutely is. We'll tell you about uh, known, little known, and unknown facts about said movie in segment three. But up next... Your time to shine, poll question response time, right here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 97.5-1280 The Zone, The Movie Zone, Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot. Austin, how many movies has this song, Johnny Be Good, been in? First one that comes to mind? Back to the Future. Back to the Future, Your kids right? are going to love it. <laughs> yes. Well, we are talking about the man who wrote that. Chuck, uh, well, Chuck. Martin Berry your, called him on the phone. It's your cousin, Martin. Martin Berry. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> Charles Chuck Edward Anderson Berry. There's a name. Big name. Born October 18th, 1926. Was an American singer, songwriter, and guitarist. One Austin of the pioneers of rock and roll music, nicknamed the father of rock and roll, Barry uh, refined and developed rhythm and blues into the major elements that made rock and roll distinctive with songs such as Maybelline, Roll Over Beethoven, Rock and Roll Music, and 1958's Johnny Be Good. Everyone knows that song. Writing lyrics that focused on teen life and uh, consumerism and developing a music style that included guitar solos and showmanships. Hmm. Barry was the major influence of today's rock and roll music. For sure. I 100% agree with that. Chuck Berry was one of the first musicians to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on its opening in 1986 and was cited for having laid the groundwork for not only rock and roll sound, but a rock and roll stance. You know, the, yeah. p- the pose that rock stars do and yeah, the, the, the power dancing. Stance, yeah. That's it. That's him. He did still hold his guitar a little high. He, yeah, we call that a Berkeley College of Music bow tie, where they wear it really high up, like where it could be bow tie. Chuck but Berry did, didn't do it that, that high. No, he had it low down. He had on it the low. Hip, he, he slung but it he low. He had the neck up high still. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 
I just lost my spot. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Berry is included in several of Rolling Stones magazine's greatest of all time list, where he was ranked fifth on its 2004 and 2000 list, 2011 list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll include three of Barry's songs, which we just mentioned above, Johnny Be Good, Maybelline, and Rock and Roll Music. Hmm. On March 18th, 2017, Chuck Berry was found unresponsive in his home uh, in Missouri. First responders called to the scene were unable to uh, revive him, and he was pronounced dead by his personal physician. Uh, physici- doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Cause of death, he, he had a heart attack and, oh. and passed away. Now, on a side note, Chuck Berry continued to play 70 to 100 shows a year during the 80s. Wow. Okay? Uh, and they were just one-nighters. He would drive to every show himself. He would drive solo and ha- and require local musicians to show up and be his band. Wow. And he insisted cash every gig. You pay me cash, do not give me a check. I want cash. I don't want the government to know I'm getting this amount of money. He would then drive away in his car. Go to the next town and do it all over again with a bunch of new musicians every night. Wow. And here's the crazy part. No rehearsals. Ever? Just rolled up with these... Rolled up and said, okay, who's my musicians for the gig? Okay. You know my songs, right? Let's go. Kind of wow. like what... And, and honestly, that's kind of like what uh, uh, Marty McFly did to the band at the dance. He said, all the, right, this is a blues riff and B. Starlighters, yeah. yeah. Follow me. Yeah. Kind of the same idea. Wow. Uh, well, I, I like, I, I'm surprised that actually, I'm surprised by this note. Chuck Berry had the same wife from 1948 until the time of his death. That's impressive. That's rare mm-hmm. in life these days, let alone the rock and roll life. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? But being the pioneer of rock and roll, perhaps he did not also pioneer the bad habits of rock and rollers no no and i gotta be honest i like the idea of being paid in cash i don't want to check i don't want a w-2 i don't want an i-9 let's just go yeah you know who doesn't not saying that i do that mr ira reader stansworth i'm just saying not that i do that everything (laughs) i do is by the book but there's something great about that all right sound drag of the week chuck berry i love it all right uh why'd you why'd you choose chuck berry are we giving it away no we'll save it all right segment three we'll tell you why we chose chuck berry Right now, it's time for your time to shine here on The Movie Zone. Your favorite Samuel L. Jackson role and or movie because of The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard that opened yesterday at Megaplex and other theaters around the valley. Johnny, uh, Kirk says, easy, a time to kill is both the role and the movie. So good. Bumbershoot. (laughs) I love saying (laughs) that name. Uh, The best movie is Django Unchained. Okay. Best Samuel L. Jackson role is Mr. Glass. Wow. In, uh, what's the name of that movie? Well, the, uh, the, the original one is Unbreakable. Unbreakable, yeah. And then, uh, what's the, uh, what's the... It uh, was the trio of movies. Yeah, what was... Uh, uh, Split. That's it. Yeah, that was it. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Bumbershoot says Mr. Glass. Going, and now I've got to click back. Danny, Daniel Chavez... Uh, has uh, Agent, what's his name, in uh, ca- uh, Captain Marvel, where the cat licks him. He's got the eye patch. Oh, uh, Dick Fury. Fury, thank yes. you. Not Captain. What did I say, Captain? Captain. 
Uh, Travis Daniels, one, A Time to Kill. Close second, Lakeview Terrace. I've never seen it. I, I remember that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, underrated the beginning of the other guys alongside The Rock. Okay. It's short. Yeah. It's a quick little cameo, but it's pretty good. Scotty G says, oh, man, great question. Thank you, Scotty. Number one, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Number two, A Time to Kill. Mm-hmm. And then number three, Die Hard 3. I'm glad he mentioned that. I've No one said it. That was going to be my sleeper pick because it's such a great role. <laughs> he is so up. Well, Samuel Jackson's upset in most of his uh, roles. but uh, yeah, He's made a career of it. Yes, but uh, he's really upset in that one. I'm surprised that no one said uh, The Negotiator. Uh-huh. I love The Negotiator. He's really good negotiator. No one said Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> well, come on. Uh, Scotty did say Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But he was the only one. But uh, Pulp Fiction, known, little known, and unknown facts about, what year was that? 1988? 94. 94, jeez. Uh, 1994's Pulp Fiction. Look at the big Brad, big brain on Brad. Coming up next. <laughs> so many great lines. Right here on uh, The Movie Zone. It was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished them well. You could see that Pierre did truly love them. You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Chuck Berry, your soundtrack of the week. I can't twist, but this song makes me want to twist. You can't think of a different scene or a different movie when this song is being played. This is Uma Thurman and John Travolta cutting a rug at the diner. Yeah, she was nervous to dance with him, by the way. With John Travolta? Yeah. Because he's so pretty? No, John Travolta's known for his dancing. Throughout Grease, throughout Saturday Night Fever, all the dance movies. I got news for Uma. Urban Cowboy. No one was watching John in that scene. Well, that's true. Uma is like one of the most beautifully striking uh, people ever made. For her being nervous, she did a great job. Yeah. She really did. So uh, our unknown, little known, and uh, known facts segment from the archives today's focus is 1994's pulp 1994's pulp fiction johnny before we dive in have you ever heard scotty's christmas card story no <laughs> i'll have to ask him about this i so, guess well uh, yeah and he tells it better than i will but when i was brand new brand new at 1320k fan i had just started this little career of mine okay and uh so i didn't get one of the cards one of the christmas cards and uh, that makes sense but someone got uh, the Gerard family Christmas card while at work from Scotty and left it there. And it was Scotty and a picture of his family and then a scripture. Oh, I know where you're going with this. And it was the scripture from uh, Pulp Fiction where it talks about the wrath of God and, right. and all. And, and I was like, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 25. Uh, uh, you're asking me way too much. Uh, but anyway, I, I was like, what is this lunatic that's putting this on his Christmas card <laughs> and he's my new boss? Well, it turns out his wife had asked him, what should we what should we put on this? He put that thinking she'd catch it and think it was funny. She didn't catch oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Went to the printers and that's what everyone got that year, which I think is so good. That's really good. So anyway, uh, the Gerard... Family Christmas card ever since has been a don't miss event. Oh, Tell us so about Pulp Fiction, though. 1994's Pulp Fiction. It was a crime drama directed by Quentin Tarantino. You ready for this cast? Whoa. 
starring John Travolta, Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Walken, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, Ving Rhames, Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, and there's even a cameo by Steve Buscemi. Not to mention uh, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Man, there's so many in this movie. Yeah. This had a budget, Austin, of $8 million. That's it. What? $8 million. That's nothing. That, you, that wouldn't pay for uh, John Travolta's shoes. It wouldn't pay for most. Uh, it wouldn't even be half of most actors' salaries now Wow. for one role. It worldwide grossed $213.9 million. Wow. By the way, $8 million in today's value mm -hmm. is... Uh, Fourteen point three. It's less. It's like five million. Yeah, it's, not. it's only fourteen point three. <laughs> still low. Yeah. Still low. That's still not most. That's not Johnny Depp's salary. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. All right. This is a rated R, obviously, movie and a yeah. run a runtime of two hours and thirty three minutes. Which Austin back then in ninety four that seemed like a really long movie. That's the standard now. But back then that was long. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 92% critics and a 96% fans. Wow. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A little trivia now. This is one of the first movies to use the internet for advertising. Oh, really? Yeah. They back. had it's a, a website. It was the first to do that? Yep. Huh. Yes, sir. In now, 1994? Yep. I didn't, no one had the internet that wasn't a king in 1994. <laughs> uh, we had AOL. In 94? Yeah. Huh. I did. Maybe I'm a king. Maybe you were. I <laughs> want to be called King John E. <laughs> king John E. Yes. Um, all right. The, as we just mentioned, the movie cost $8 million to make. The initial budget was reportedly even lower until Bruce Willis was added to the cast. He did have a, a recent string of domestic flops, but was still a box office draw overseas. And a lot of that $213 million came from overseas. Wow. $5 million of that... $8 million went to pay the actors and actresses' salaries. The film was already profitable, but when its worldwide rights were sold for $11 million, again, because of Bruce Willis, it went on to gross over $2 million at the box office. And as we mentioned, $5 million went to pay the actors and actresses. Bruce Willis only worked 18 days on this <laughs> film. Whoa. That's a good... Hey, if I told you you're going to get, I don't know, a couple million dollars, I just need you to do 18 days of work. You there? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Whatever you need me to do, in right? fact. I won't ask any questions. Right. I won't tell any stories. Nothing. Well, Uma Thurman originally turned down the role of Mia Wallace. Quentin Tarantino was so desperate to have her play Mia, he ended up reading her the script over the phone, like mm. talking over the phone with her about it, until she finally was convinced to take the role. Why didn't she want to do it? I don't know. I don't mm. think she liked it. Maybe she didn't understand it. I don't it know. It made her a star. It so. totally made her yeah. a star. Now, we're going to go back a little bit here, but Mr. Blonde, A.K. Vic Vega, played by Michael Madsen in 1992's Reservoir Dogs, is the brother of Vincent Vega, hmm. from who's John Travolta, yeah. right? Interesting. In fact, Tarantino even had a spinoff film in development called Double V Vega, which was the prequel to both movies, but was scrapped because both actors were too old to play the younger versions of themselves. <laughs> However, they should make that movie now because we have the technology to make everyone look younger. I'd say make it now as the older versions. Correct. Although, well, 
Anyway. The, 19, the 1964 Chevelle Malibu convertible driven by Vincent Vega belonged to the writer and director Tarantino and was stolen during production of the film. In what? 2013, a police officer saw two kids stripping down an older car. He arrested them, and while looking up the owner of the vehicle, he found the VIN had been altered. It turned out that it was Tarantino's stolen car. The owner had... the current owner of that car had recently purchased it he had no idea it was stolen or even the car in that movie wow and they were using it as scraps yeah yeah oh yeah. my gosh what a what a disaster yes now i this is probably my favorite fact on the movie the f-bomb was used 265 times in this movie most of them were samuel jackson i had one fact for you is that it and well it's similar yeah at the time of its release this was the third most number of f-bombs in a movie yeah. it's now currently ranked 32nd oh yeah this is light compared to what's going on now so and by the way the other number two and number one were also tarantino movies of course at the time as goodfellas and uh reservoir dogs. reservoir dogs now it's 32nd uh the and the most ever is swear net the movie <laughs> 935. That's awesome. And then there's a documentary called Just the F Word. <laughs> oh, yes. Can't yes. say it. But yes. uh, So anyway, so it, at the time it was like, what a potty mouth movie. And now it's like going to church. So, Well, you remember Jules? That was Samuel Jackson's character in the movie? Sure. Remember his, uh, I'm just going to say BFM uh -huh. wallet? Yeah. That is actually Quentin Tarantino's wallet. Is it really? <laughs> and the inscription on the wallet is a reference to the theme song from Shaft. <laughs> now... Uh, and you know Samuel Jackson's played uh, the character Shaft in 2000 and again in 2019. Now the quote that we just talked about. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 25, 17 in the Old Testament. In Captain America, the Winter Soldier from 2014, Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, stands by the headstone of his own grave. Uh -huh. The marker reads, The Path of the Righteous Man, Ezekiel 25, 17. Little Easter egg right there. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't even notice that. Now, Austin, I told you a movie that you absolutely love was opened on the same day, which was October 14th, 1994. Any ideas? Lion King. The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, oh yeah. Lion King was uh, uh, August 94, wasn't it? Yes. No. August. I don't know. Uh, that would have been Aladdin 94. Anyway, Shawshank Redemption, same day? Yep, same day. Wow. Both were nominated for seven Academy Awards, with this movie winning the best original screenplay. Both movies gained cult status in the following years and are listed in the top 10 of IMDb's top 250 movies as of March 2019. <whistles> yes. Now let's talk about the big bomb. Got about a minute left. What was in the case? Yeah. Speculations say that the mysterious, glowing contents of the case, the most persistent theory is that it was Marcellus Wallace's soul. The story goes that when the devil takes a person's soul, it is removed through the back of the head. When we see the back of Marcellus Wallace's head, he has a Band-Aid covering the precise spot indicated by traditional soul removal. <laughs> Perhaps Marcellus sold a soul to the devil, which would explain why the briefcase was 666 to open. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Not true. Not really. Quentin Tarantino has said that the Band-Aid on the back of Marcellus Wallace's neck had nothing to do with the illusion of the devil stealing his soul, but that Ving Rhames had actually cut himself shaving <laughs> and used a Band-Aid to cover the cut. Now, uh, 
Roger Avery, who also helped co-write this uh, movie. The original plan was to have the briefcase contain diamonds. Urgent legends say that they were the same diamonds from Reservoir Dogs, the movie two years earlier. This seemed neither exciting nor original, so Avery and Tarantino decided to have the briefcase contents never appear on on screen. This way, the film goer could mentally fill in the blank of what was there. Wow. So that theory that's been going around that it's a soul, not true. Uh, that's disappointing because I think they should have, even if that weren't true, they should have just made that true because that's much cooler. Isn't that cooler? Yeah. Then, yeah. But I do think it's funny that he cut himself shaving and Tarantino's like, let's use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. That's uh, Pulp Fiction, known, little known, and unknown facts about uh, 1995. I've only seen it once. Go uh, see it. I'm go see it. And if yeah. you have not seen this movie, you need to see it because this movie is a total time twist. I love it. All right, Johnny, good job, bud. Same we'll see you. you on Jazz Playoff Overtime. Yes. All right, Jazz and Clippers series continues on over the weekend. We'll see what the results uh, come to be. But in the meantime, it's been the Movie Zone. Thanks to you, Johnny. Thanks to you, the listener. I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back next Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see. Well, it depends on what happens. <laughs> Here on the Movie Zone. Look at the big brain on Austin.